1 Samuel chapters 14 and 15. One day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outer skirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, including Ahijah, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, son of Phinehas, son of Elod, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone within, within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over the Philistine garrison. There was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other side. The name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Senech. The one crag rose on the north in front of Michmash, and the other side on the south in the front of Gebet. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And, and his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will show ourselves to them. They say to us, Wait until we come to you, and we will stand still in our place, and we will not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has given them into our hand, and this shall be the sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, Look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor-bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up hands and feet, and his armor-bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer killed them after them. And the first strike which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made killed about with it as if half of Pharaoh's length in an acre of land. And there was a panic in the camp, in the field, and among the people. The garrison and even the raiders trembled, the earth quaked, and it became a very great panic. And the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah and Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude was dispersing here and there. Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Count and see who has gone from us. And when they had counted, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. So Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here, for the ark of God went at that time with the people of Israel. Now, while Saul was taking the talking to the priest, the tumult in the camp of the Philistines increased more and more. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and the people who were with him rallied and went into battle. And behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great confusion. Now, the Hebrews, who had gone been with the Philistines before that time, and who had gone up with them into the camp, even they also turned to with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, when all the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing, they too followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond beth Havan. And the men of Israel had been hard pressed that day, so Saul had laid on oath on the people, saying, 
Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening, and I am avenged on my enemies. So, none of the people tasted food. Now when all the people came to the forest, behold, there was honey on the ground. And when the people entered the forest, behold, the honey was drip-dropping, but no one put his hand to his mouth. For the people feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the people with the oath, so he put out the tip of his staff to the, which was in his hand, and dipped it in the honeycomb, and put his hand on to, to his mouth. His eyes became bright. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. Then Jonathan said, My father has troubled the land. See how my eyes have become bright because I tasted a little bit of honey? How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies than they found? For now that they defeat among the Philistines and has not been great. They struck down the Philistines that day at Michmash to Ejelon, and the people were fa very faint. The people pounced on the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the people ate them with the blood. Then they told Saul, Behold, the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood. And he said, You have dealt treacherously. Roll a great stone to me here. And Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Let every man bring his ox or his sheep and slaughter them here and eat, and do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood. So every one of the people brought his ox, and with him that night they slaughtered them there, and Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first altar that he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light. Let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatever seems good to you. But, he, the, but the priest said, Let us draw near to God here. And Saul inquired of God, Shall I go after the Philistines? Will you give them into the hand of Israel? But he did not answer him that day. And Saul said, Come here, all of you leaders of the people, and know and see how this sin has arisen today. For as the Lord lives, who saves Israel, though it be in Jonathan, my son, he shall surely die. But there was not a man among all the people who answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You shall be on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, Do what seems good to you. Therefore Saul said, O Lord, God of Israel, why have you not answered your servant this day? If this guilt is in me or in Jonathan my son, O Lord, God of Israel, give Urim. But if this guilt is in your people Israel, give Thumium. And Jonathan and Saul were taken, but the people escaped. Then Saul said, Cast a lot between me and my son Jonathan, and Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done, and Jonathan told him, I tasted a little honey with the tip of the staff that was in my hand. Here I am, I will die. And Saul said, God do so to me, and more also. You shall surely die, Jonathan. Then the people said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who has worked this great salvation in Israel? Far from it. As the Lord lives, there shall not be one hair of his head to fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people ransomed Jonathan, so that he did not die. Then Saul went up from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. When Saul had taken the kingship of Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the Ammonites, against Edom, against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines. 
Wherever he turned, he routed them, and he did valiantly and struck the Amalekites, and delivered Israel out of the hand of those who plundered them. Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan, Ishvi, and Malachi Susha, and the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn was Merib, and the name of the younger, Michael. And the name of Saul's wife was Hanoam, the daughter of Hamaaz, Hamaaz. And the name of the commander of his army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. There was a hard fight fighting against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached him to himself. And Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over the people of Israel. Now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to the Israel in opposing them on the way to the, they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to, devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both men and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Telium. 200,000 men on foot and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Canaanites, Go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilash and as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fattened calves, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. All that was despised and worthless they devoted to destruction. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and had not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. And it was told, Samuel, Saul came to Carmel. Carmel. Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord. And Samuel said, what then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop! I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Speak! And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on my mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Ahab the king of the Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, 
as the Lord, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is at the sin of divination, and presumption is at, as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord to offend your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return to me, that I may bow and before the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. As Samuel turned to go away, Saul seized the skirt of his robes and tore it. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and has given it to a neighbor of yours, who is better than you. And also, the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me, that I may bow before the Lord your God. So Samuel turned back after Samuel, Saul, and Saul bowed before the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring here to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully. Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so also your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag into pieces before the Lord. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Mark 5 verses 21 through 43 And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet, and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, rather she grew worse. She asked about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dripped, dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked down to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John the brother of James. 
and they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making the commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and went in there, went to the child was, taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talithia, Pumai, which means, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. Today we find that Saul continues to transgress the Lord, and that is evidenced by the fact that he refuses to put all of the people to death. Now we might think that it's strange, this fact that, well, Saul wasn't really doing anything that wasn't at least commendable. I mean, he's like a child in that he did what he thought was right. He did what he thought would honor and glorify God by taking the best of the sheep and the oxen to be sacrificed to God. But that's not what God asked him to do. Well-intentioned worship, when it disregards what God actually tells us to do, is not worship. The fact that God tells us what to do and gives us commandments and provides instructions for living is not meant to give us liberty to go and make mistakes that we could simply pursue God's mercy. It's meant to draw us closer to God. Well, even when we well when we're well intentioned and we fail or we don't do what God asks of us, that is still grievous towards Him. Consider Samuel's words to Saul: that obedience is sweeter to God than sacrifices. God doesn't want any more sacrifices. That's why he puts an end to the sacrificial system with the perfect atoning work of Jesus Christ. Still, it seems like we would rather rely on mercy than grow in holiness. What I find most interesting about Saul's reaction to being told that God has withdrew himself and regretted making him king is that while he asks to repent, we see revealed in his heart the real motivation for repentance and restoral. Rather than seeking to be restored in his relationship with God, that he can pursue obedience and listening moving forward and be set right before God, he tells Samuel, stay with me so that the people don't see me be shamed. Again, the very sin that caused him to fall he says in the passage that we read today, I did what I did to please the people who were around me. The first instance, whenever he fell, he did it out of fear that the people were leaving him. And now, all that he has done, he says he doesn't want the people to leave him again. Even in seeking restitution, he's missing the point. I think sometimes in a difficult situation, we might repent of sinfulness for the sake of saving face. We don't need to be a people who are concerned with saving face. 
We need to be a people who are concerned with glorifying God. That's our greatest priority.